Next on BYU Sports Nation, counting down to BYU and Wisconsin. Now about 51 hours from kickoff, two very evenly matched teams. We'll tell you where the Cougars have an advantage. The radio voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell, joins us live in studio. He'll offer his winning formula up in Madison. Plus, Weber State head basketball coach Randy Ray on to preview Friday's tip-off against BYU and Provo. And know the foe with football in Wisconsin. Game on, my friends. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Thursday, shout out to all of you in BYU Sports Nation or BYU Sports World. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for fitting us into your day. BYU football now with official tie-ins to the Poinsettia Bowl in San Diego. Following the 2016 and 2018 seasons, currently that model would pit a bowl-eligible BYU Cougar team against the second-place Mountain West Conference team. I like it. It's not go to the Vegas Bowl four or five years in a row and kind of be predictable and become a little boring, honestly, after a few seasons. It's two years in three in San Diego. Great place to play. Great history there with BYU Bowl games. I like it. Some people inquiring on social media as to why BYU locked in that specific game so far in the future. And I'll say two things. One, given the current BCS format and that it's dissolving after this season, college football heads into the new playoff model for six years, it's suddenly becoming harder and harder for teams, especially in independent BYU, to lock down bowl games. Conferences, quite frankly, are scrambling. Athletic Director Tom Homel told us on BYU Sports Nation a few days ago that the time is now to make it official or you risk not having anything. Two, the Poinsettia Bowl, like you said, Jerem, great location for BYU, the Cougars' West Coast fan base. Yes, it's not one of the quote-unquote major bowl games, but that doesn't mean BYU has disqualified itself from other options if they do have that magical season. But still, better to have a solid plan in place and then aim high. Yeah, and you need to lock in. You need to. Uh, Gary Cavalli, executive director of the Craft or the Fight Hunger Bowl, was on BYU Sports Nation a couple weeks ago and said he thinks it's going to be tough for an independent BYU to get bowl games uh, unless they lock in. So BYU's got to lock in, and they're doing that. Tom Homel knows what he's doing. He's proven through the whole, we're not going to go to the Big East uh, thing. Thank uh, you, thank you, thank you. That, that into, hey, these th- the things that Tom Holm was doing is working, are working for BYU. Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org, as many of you are doing right now. The BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143 and Dish Network Channel 980. This show, on demand, every day, BYURadio.org. You can catch the rebroadcast each day, 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. That is how you listen and join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation or like and comment on our new Facebook page or vote in our daily poll question. I would say and. That's true. You could do all three, right? Do all three. Grammar, whatever. <laughs> we want to hear from you on all and any social media platforms. Today's poll question at BYUTVSports.com. What is BYU's biggest advantage against Wisconsin? Wait. Wait, What? Yeah, what is BYU's biggest advantage against Wisconsin? And there are a few, and we will talk about those, but where do you feel like BYU can expose the Badgers? Our four options online are the passing game, the bye week, 
the tempo, the Taysom. The Taysom. Vote on BYUTVSports.com. Weigh in on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, where are you going to go with that right now? Just an initial thought. The Taysom. He's, he's the biggest difference maker for BYU. He's, he's got to go all in like a Houston game where it's whatever it needs, whatever it you need to do to win, you need to do it. And you don't want to get injured, but if it's like the Houston game and you're beat up a little bit after, but you win, you, you got to win. You, you brought this up yesterday, but that picture that Richard Wilson sent out on Instagram of him hugging Taysom after the Virginia loss with the muddy jersey, a ton of emotion. Uh, I retweeted that, and and I, I tell you what, BYU has come such a long way from Charlottesville. Hashtag literally. Taters haters gone quiet. Oh, yeah. And when you tweet at us, include where you are listening from. We love to hear it. We've had Northern Virginia, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin had someone from Vermont this week. So uh, let us know where you're listening, BYU Sports Nation. It's all about Advantage Cougars. And with that said, rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Our advantage. Now what we're running into is, is they don't really know what to do to stop our guys on the outside because they're 6'4", they're, they're 6'5", and Mitch is 6'6". So um, they're not easy to defend. and So they try to play off, and then we throw underneath routes, and then, and then they come and press, and, and we throw over the top. The shift is in place. BYU quarterback Taysom Hill on what defenses are doing to defend the pass game, or should I say trying to do to defend BYU's very quickly and vastly improving passing attack. And and right now, it's I feel like BYU is throwing early. They're throwing to set up the run almost, and I like that formula. Because when you do that, and you forget that Taysom Hill has wheels— and you say, well, we're not going to forget that. Oh, really? If he's cutting up your defense for 100 yards in the first quarter, guess what? The opportunity for him to get out when you drop in the pass coverage, it's pick your poison, my friends. And Taysom Hill and BYU uh, have established something really good. BYU's 12th in the country in total offense at 5-12 a game. BYU's, you remember earlier in the year when I said that the traditional BYU offense of 300, one, 300 pass, 100, 150 rush is not the model for this team? I said 200, 200, right? Do you know what BYU is right now? They're 250, 250. Wow. A little bit above that, but 250, 250. That's excellent. And that's yielded a top 12 offense. Now, here's the thing. Wisconsin has given up some chunks and points against... A couple of teams. Ohio State ran the ball well. They threw for almost 200 yards. They won. They did it a little differently. But Arizona State, a team like unto BYU in the way it runs its offense. Tempo. And tempo and everything. They threw for 352 in their win against Wisconsin. Granted, the end of that game, Wisconsin gets jobbed by the refs. They don't spot the ball. Wisconsin can't get their field goal off that would have won the game. Who knows if they make that field goal? Anyways, they lose. Wisconsin loses that game. But n- Illinois who isn't a good team. Not a good team. They threw for 319 against Wisconsin. BYU can throw for 300 yards against Wisconsin. I feel confident about BYU's po- the possibility of doing that. The passing game option will be there. I watched that Iowa game with you, Jeremy, yesterday, and the first thing that came into my mind was if Iowa had any type of passing game, they they might win that game. It's a, it's a game field. in the fourth quarter. It was a five point game with eight minutes to play. But guess what? Late interception does the Hawkeyes in 
because their quarterback is raw. He and one in their own end zone that cost them. Can't throw the ball. People say, well, it was windy. Doesn't matter. You got to be able to make a throw as a quarterback. Wisconsin head coach Gary Anderson telling BYU Sports Nation yesterday during a fantastic interview that he's well aware of Taysom Hill's strengths and what he does to make it so difficult on defenses. Taysom is perfect for it. He's a great athlete. You get him in space. He's a quarterback that can beat you with his mind, his arms, and his legs. And he's getting better and better at it every single week. And he has some, obviously, some very good pieces to the puzzle. Gary Anderson defended Taysom Hill with Utah State last year, a 6-3 to three game. But listen, uh, Taysom's gotten better, and you better believe that the head coach at Wisconsin, Gary Anderson, understands where Hill's strengths are and how BYU revolves around what he does. We move on. Topic 2, bring it on. Topic 2. Banged up Badgers back to head coach Gary Anderson on what's going on with Wisconsin and their health. Yeah, I think they'll both be ready to go. Chris was, Chris was real close last week. Jared will also be ready to go. And so we're pretty healthy as a team. Uh, everybody's banged up. You know, you've got some nicks and, and bruises and bangs as you go through the season, but uh, we're, we're in pretty good shape. That's interesting that he says that. And he brings up Chris and Jared. Speaking of Chris Borland, All-America candidate linebacker, and Jared Aberderis, who is an All-America quality wide receiver, saying that they'll both probably be ready to go, and the team overall is in pretty good shape. As a member of the media, and me looking on the outside, I don't know if I agree with that right now, because I feel like uh, if your star players are banged up even a little bit, that has to be a huge concern. So how much is Coach Anderson playing that off right now? I don't know. It's something that we can talk about. Aberderis is battling a rib injury. For a receiver, that's a big deal. For Chris Borland, it's a hamstring injury. That's a big it's deal. It's a huge deal. That's a big deal. They have other linebackers that are good, but he's really good. He's, I wouldn't say he, he's, he's your prototypical awesome inside linebacker that's stout, stops the run. Uh, will bl- He has some playmaking ability. Kyle Van Noy is ridiculous as a playmaker, but Borland's good. So we'll see how they are Saturday. Borland almost went yesterday, according to Gary Anderson. And Aberderis got that rib injury, which is really painful. This is a huge game for Wisconsin. I'd be very surprised to see both of those guys not play. And BYU defensive coordinator Nick Howell is certainly preparing for those two players, especially Aberderis, who's going to give the BYU secondary fits if they don't mark him. But we can't sit here and say, oh, number four is not going to play because then you show up and he's playing and then you got the wrong mindset. you got to show up to every game like Jerry Rice is going to play for the other team. We'll go back to Nick Howell one more time. and It's funny, this, this next soundbite almost sounds like a lot of coaches describing Cody Hoffman. They're throwing it to four. I don't care what formation they're in. If he's in, it's going to him. He can line up anywhere on the field and he's getting the ball. Jared Aberderis, very talented football player. Rib injury or not, he is a threat. And Chris Borland is like Wisconsin's Kyle Van Noy. It would be like BYU being without a healthy Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoppin, if that sums it up for you. That's a big deal. You could, yeah, you could say that. It's a huge deal. We welcome in our first guest today on BYU Sports Nation, head coach of the Weber State Wildcats, Randy Ray, joining us from Ogden, Utah. Coach, you're making the trip down to Provo tomorrow with a very talented team, and uh, you bring in an interesting game plan against BYU. Can you shed some light on what you plan to do against the Cougars in a tough place to play in the Marriott Center? Uh, yeah, tough. Tough is uh, probably an understatement down there. <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, you know, it's it's no secret what you got to do with uh, BYU to have a chance to, to compete with them down there. And that's, you know, you got to try to limit their transition baskets the best you can because uh, they play as fast as anybody in the country, especially on their own court. And they, they run like crazy and they do a great job uh, in transition. And so that's, you know, that's obviously got to be key. And I think uh, obviously when you're playing down there, it's, it never changes. You got to rebound the ball. And uh, they're a terrific rebounding team and they can rebound from from uh, almost every spot and so it's going to be a huge challenge for us to try to contain those guys in, in both those uh both those areas coach ray how much do you know uh how much do you expect of your team uh in game one given that uh you need a couple games to kind of see what you guys have yeah it's hard to tell right now you know we're uh we're normally a slow starting team uh we probably do too much stuff and uh, we're pretty uh pretty diverse in our our system and how we do it, and it usually takes a while for that system to to get comfortable with our guys. and And this is not a good game to be, to not be totally comfortable in. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we've only had one exhibition game this year. We normally play, you know, an exhibition and a scrimmage. Uh, it's kind of a long story why we only got one, but it goes back to when Damian Lillard broke his foot. We had to play an extra game at the end of the season to try to get him his medical red shirt, which we did. And then the NCAA cleared everything that we could do it, but they came back and said, well, there's some fine print here that we forgot to tell you about. And when you do that, play an extra game, then you have to take away an exhibition game. So that's why we got stuck with one. So I'd have been a lot more comfortable uh, getting two in because that first exhibition game never goes very well, to be honest with you. And you get kids that are nervous and trying to figure out their way in a game situation. And we did not perform well uh, in our first one. And usually you see a big improvement going to your second exhibition, and you can iron out the kinks. Uh, well, we're we're jumping right into the fire. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but well, you know our guys will be ready to compete, and we're going to play hard and and, uh, and go do the best we can do. In-state rivalries are always an entertaining games, Coach. And uh, Randy Ray joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, of course, the head coach at Weber State. You mentioned Damian Lillard. Coach, how fun was it to coach a guy like that? His NBA line this season is ridiculous. 24 points a game, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, shooting 45% from the field. Uh, What did he do for your program, and and how fun was it to coach him? Well, he's done a lot. Uh, There's no question about it. But, uh, you know, a lot of different areas is what he's done. You know, he was such a a high-character kid. He was special to coach. I mean, uh, I'm not sure I'll... I hope so. I've had a lot of great kids to coach, and I love my kids this year too. But uh, when you talk about uh, having all the intangibles, uh, his competitiveness, his uh, toughness, uh, his incredible motivation to try to uh, to be great, and then uh, and then you you include he was an unbelievable teammate, a great leader, and extremely humble. Uh, and then you match those intangibles with the talent that he that he brought. Now you got a special guy, and now you got a guy that's doing what he's doing right now. And so he had every area covered, and he was a joy to coach every single day. You knew what you were getting, and you knew that he was a team-first guy. Damian didn't play for Damian. He played played to win. And when you get a guy that talented at our level, sometimes it gets a little out of whack. And uh, he never let that get out of whack. And so, and we uh, we use him hard. I mean, in recruiting, and uh, we use him as an example. Uh, and he, uh, we, we've, we've rode him so hard. He doesn't know how hard we've rode him in recruiting. And so to try to get involved with some, some players that maybe are a step above uh, 
you know, where we're at. So he's been used to our program, and he continues to be a great ambassador to our program. He's still very close to us, and he uh, he told me last time he was in town that he's going to buy a house out here, and he wants to spend the summers out here with us. And and so it's a great feeling to have him part of our family, even after he's been gone. Coach uh, Randy Ray of Weber State joining BYU Sports Nation. I follow Damien on Instagram, so I like seeing where he's going, what he's doing. How often does he actually go to – Ogden, you know, in the off season, and uh, kind of visit and play with the guys. You know, he's out here quite a bit this last summer. I would say he's probably out here probably four to five times. Um, you know, he'll come out. He takes his break after the season, then he comes out and wants to get working out again. So, you know, we'll work him out and get him going two a days. You know, he wants to go early in the morning. He wants to go at night, and so uh, we work him out. And then he likes he likes just to hang out with the guys and you know, and mess around with the guys and just be himself. I think he feels like when he comes back here, he can just be Damien and, you know, the spotlight's on him uh, in a lot of places that he goes now. And and here he feels like he he can just be himself and we never want to lose that with him. And, uh, and so I I think he was here four to five times. Last time was about a month ago. He spent the weekend here and hung out with the guys and and did the thing. So uh, it's great to have him back and, uh, you know, and I think uh, hopefully next summer, like you said, hopefully he'll be here all summer. Coach, do you remind him uh, how influential you were in his progress to the NBA? Like, just step in and say, hey, if it weren't <laughs> for me, you wouldn't be where you are. I got to be honest with you guys. I, I, I wish we could take more credit for, for him being <laughs> what he is, but we really can't. I'd be lying, and it's not fair. He's Damien's a self-made guy. And, uh, you know, hopefully if you, you know, some steps along the way, we're there to help him out, but uh, but we can't take credit for it. He's he's a self-made guy. Uh, he came in with a chip on his shoulder to prove people wrong, and every day he tried to uh, do something to better himself. And so, uh, no, I don't I don't remind him at all. And uh, you know, he's he's always thankful, and you know, he's always been very grateful about what we did. But uh, like I said, I wish we could take more, but we can't. Very humble and respected coach Randy Ray joining BYU Sports Nation. Coach, uh, wrapping up quickly, I know Dave Rose uh, speaks very highly of your program. You lost by 10 in Ogden to BYU last year. You're 0-19 versus the Cougars in the Marriott Center. You mentioned rebounding, but is there a, a secret ingredient that uh, that you're going to whip out tomorrow to try and uh, change that trend against BYU? And if so, what's that going to be, do you think? Well, I mean, there's no there's no magic dust. Um, like I said, you've got to try to slow them down and transition the best you can, and you got to go rebound. So you just got to go in there and you got to fight like crazy. And we got to play the way we play, and we got to try to take away uh, a couple of their major strengths, and that's what we try to do in game prep. And it's easier said than done, uh, and it's easier said than done. We're going down there tomorrow night, and and we're going to be playing. Uh, you know, we've got some older kids, but we've got some freshmen that are going to be playing a lot of minutes for us. And they've never experienced what they're going to experience. So with all that included, we've got to try to keep them focused at the task at hand. We've got to go play extremely hard. We've got to try to be tough, and we've got to be extremely together. Uh, anytime you go on the road in an environment like the Marriott Center, you can splinter. Uh, they can go on a run, and you can splinter, and uh, floodgates can open. So we've got to stay close together, and we've got to have each other's back, and we've got to fight like crazy and then uh, see where everything falls. One exhibition game down, Weber State into the fire against BYU in the Marriott Center tomorrow night. Coach, we appreciate the time, and good luck against the Cougars as you open your season. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time, guys. 
All right, Randy Ray of Weber State joining BYU Sports Nation. Coming up next, the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us in studio. Let's talk a little bit about the Wildcats and Cougars tip-off, plus that football game in Madison. Maybe you've heard about it on Saturday. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is now available in more places than ever. The show's live every day at noon Eastern and is rebroadcast at 7 p.m. Eastern Monday through Friday and on demand now on BYURadio.org each afternoon. Boom. What is BYU's biggest advantage against Wisconsin? Interesting Twitter debate today, and we head to some of our listeners across BYU Sports Nation. This coming from at Spence1CA. BYU's biggest advantage is being the underdog. There's something to that. Sure. At uh, the Fox C Kid, the up-tempo offense and an athletic uh, athlete named Taysom Hill. You've... I want to read the next one because I know him. Okay. Okay. I'll let you get to that. But you left out the word crazy from uh, at the Fox C Kid. The up-tempo office and the crazy athletic athlete named Taysom Hill who jumped 25 feet. For, Against Boise we're still State. trying to figure yeah. out why, Yeah, but the, he jumped 25 feet. Nate Mickle first pointed this out, who sidelines the games on the radio. He was right. Oh, Gregor Bell's with us. The yeah. radio voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell's Gregor with Bell's us. Gregor Bell's chiming Just in. third man in the booth, but yeah, go ahead, Jerem. 25 feet. So we watched it again yesterday. When Taysom jumps against Boise State, that play where it's like, what is he doing? He 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 jumps twenty five feet. Carl Lewis they, won the gold medal with the jump of like twenty eight feet nine inches. Perspective on that? They yeah, didn't yeah, have football that, pads on. He almost, he almost jumped for what would, have, what would have been a first down if he was starting from first and ten. <laughs> is what happened. You know. Imagine jumping from the underneath the rim on a basketball court past the three point line. That's how long that is. That's amazing. Next tweet at tj underscore gale. Uh, KVN, KVN, KVN. He is BYU's number one weapon. Who's KVN? I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. I'm just whoa, kidding. Jeremy, what did Nate say about uh, the Taysom Hill jump? Oh, he j- he was just the first one to point it out on Twitter. But he also added to it, and I thought I think it was. It Wait, was... you knew when you asked me to test me? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I thought you were going to retell the story. Uh, I think what Nate said, and I, I hope it was him because it makes sense. Um, what he did, I mean, if you if you watch that before he jumps, if he just runs in a straight line and stays on the ground. He's going to get sandwiched, but I mean, he's going to get hit hard by two guys on either side. What he did by jumping in the air was take away the force of impact, and it allowed himself to be carried more than just smashed on the ground between two guys. It's actually pretty clever if you think about it that way, because what he did was minimize the impact, because he realizes he's running into a situation where there's an intersection that's not going to be a good one. And, uh, and what he did was just kind of minimize uh, the kinetic force of the entire thing by putting himself airborne. I feel like playing crash test dummies. Mm. (laughs) If Nate didn't say that, I would have said that, and I think it's a brilliant point. (laughs) Wow. Greg Revelle, officially on BYU Sports Nation. Great to have him back in the studio. uh, Here's something fun for you, Greg. This comes from at Alan Miller, KFYR, listening from Bismarck, North Dakota. This is not our production assistant. No, because you've got a guy named Alan Miller about eight feet away here. This is the other Alan Miller. Okay. Shout out to Bismarck. He says, as a broadcasting grad, I remember Greg Rebell as a curly-haired freshman on assignment (laughs) desk. (laughs) How do you you feel about that, Greg? In 1984, right? Yeah. 
I feel wistful as <laughs> he says that, especially about the hair. But uh, no, yeah, that was uh, yeah. I, I, I was a, uh, a a fresh faced seventeen year old freshman in nineteen eighty four, and I came down to the uh, uh, to the BYU to, to the then the the KBYU news department offices, if you will, just kind of said, "Hi, I want to be a broadcaster. Put me on the air," <laughs> and uh, and and that's kind of how it went. To start things off, yeah. And look at you now. Yeah, well. You're the man. You're, yeah. the, you're the radio voice of the Cougars. And you got- I, hey, I'm on BYU Sports Nation is all I know. I got, okay. I got that to this a baby. Got a yeah. We appreciate Prioritize, that. right? Yeah. You got quite a weekend coming up. Uh, I'm not sure how you how you worked out the travel plans, but apparently you're gonna you're gonna do play by play, call the game on BYU radio, uh, basketball game against Weber State on Friday night, and then you're gonna make it to Wisconsin in time to call the football game. How's that working out? Well, uh, we, it hasn't worked out yet, yeah. so <laughs> let's see how it does work out. But uh, ideally, yeah, ideally I'll be on the radio tomorrow night calling basketball play-by-play, and then, um, you know, about 18 hours later, I'll hopefully be on the air again from Camp Randall Stadium calling the football game. Then we'll be in Stanford at Stanford Monday night uh, calling that basketball game. And then the following weekend, we have a Friday night game, basketball, then a Saturday basketball and football games. So I think it works out to six games in eight days, which uh, is a ton of fun if you dig preparation and doing the job as much as I do. So I'm looking forward to this uh, week and a bit to come here. And uh, believe me, I'm I'm the kind of guy that's been on weather.com, checking forecasts, uh, checking Delta's uh, flight performance last weekend. How do those flights do? Were they on time? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking good right now. So, But fingers are definitely crossed. Follow Greg Rebell on Twitter, at Greg Rebell. And uh, you have just a few more followers than than I do. So. He has a check mark. More importantly, <laughs> yeah. he is verified. <laughs> Land of the blue check now. Jason yeah. Shepard <laughs> is also verified, and I'm wa- I I want to be verified. I'm just going to say it. At Efruiz eight hundred one, he said, "Taste you know, you know, Shep and I can put in a good word for you." Oh, thank please, you. Among, please do. among yeah. the verification people. <laughs> At Efruiz eight hundred one said, "Taysom just wanted to be a part of Boom Shakalaka." <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did get up. He could have thrown it down. Well, he does throw it down. He's one of the many basketball guys that can dunk, or football guys that can dunk. Who Who else is in that group? Uh, Mitch Matthews is definitely yeah, in that, that guy's group. got crazy <laughs> yes. hops. Look, look it up on YouTube. I'll, yeah. Maybe I'll find that one. I think Brett you. Thompson's in that group as well. I think KVN might be in that group as well. So, yeah, we got a bunch of guys. Kyle could tear the rim off the basketball hoop, it would seem like. Oh, Bronson Kafusi can also yeah. uh, dunk, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy that actually played on the team. <laughs> yeah. Mentioning some of the defensive stars that BYU has, and this is such an intriguing matchup uh, against Wisconsin uh, I'll for, say. for yeah. so many reasons. But let, let's start with BYU's defense and how they match up against those two running backs that average over 100 yards per game. Well, and, and this, I think this is also a fascinating subplot, and, and we mentioned it on the Coaches Show last night. There are two FBS teams out of the 125 teams, two of them, that have two players each averaging 100 yards or more on the uh, on the on the ground per game, and it's BYU and Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know Wisconsin's got two running backs, and BYU's got a running back and a quarterback that runs like a running back, and so those are the uh, those are the the four players of the two teams involved, which is pretty interesting to begin with. But I think a lot of people uh, look at BYU's defensive numbers, and some have said oh, it's not even close to last year's defense. It's so much, and, and really, um, uh, the truth is that they're not too far away from the way they were last year. It's all about number of plays and number of snaps. BYU's taking. Uh, more defensive snaps per game, so the number of yards allowed per game has gone up, and the points are actually up as more plays are being run. But in terms of points per drive and 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 yards per play, BYU's numbers are top ten. I mean, they are right there at the top of the country in in metrics that matter a lot. That is, when the opponent gets the ball, are they going to score on that drive or not? And BYU's points per drive number is very impressive, and yards per play. There are so many plays now, but the yards per play number, even though BYU's 
arguably more fatigued than they have been, they've still uh, held up pretty well. Normally you'd see the yards per play number drop in concert with the yards and the points, but yards per play they've actually hung pretty tight, even though they are playing more. And uh, and it is a lot more plays per game than Wisconsin has played to this point. So I think you're getting uh, a BYU team that's been through more of the war uh, to this point than, than Wisconsin. Offensively, we broke this down earlier in the week, BYU's offense has played the equivalent of two and a half more games worth of offensive snaps <laughs> if you take Wisconsin's pace. So if you were if you were Wisconsin, they would have had to play ten and a half games to take the number of snaps offensively that BYU's taken in eight. So that's also an interesting thing. Is it's it's a complete contrast in in pace in this one. Um, this might actually give the BYU uh, defense a chance to actually uh, feel a little more rested, if you will. Uh, there'll be more time between plays, more time to. Uh, I think if Bronco wants to um, uh, change things up and and and, and align. In, in different ways, he has more chance to do so because BYU seems has played a lot of teams that like to play like BYU. This is one that doesn't. It'll be interesting to see how BYU handles that. But uh, uh, when when it comes to uh, BYU's rush defense, you started off with that question. BYU's allowed only four rushing touchdowns all year. That's that, that's tied for third nationally. I mean, only two teams have allowed fewer than four rushing touchdowns. BYU's right there. Another good sign that they're kind of where they were before. Wisconsin's run for twenty six. So something's gonna something's gonna give in this one on 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 Saturday. So I, I love the strength versus strength component of it, and I think I think Taysom Hill becomes the real um, uh, he, he becomes the the difference maker for me. In that you look at what Texas has done defensively since the BYU game, they've been pretty stout, and and they but they've not seen a guy like Taysom Hill since he was the guy that kind of broke the mold for Texas this year. What he did. Um, I don't think anyone else has been able to or tried to do against Texas. And similarly, I don't think that, uh, I mean, even though Braxton Miller is a heck of an athlete, amazing athlete, I, don't, I still don't think he's got the same kind of mentality necessarily that Taysom Hill has. So uh, I'm curious to see what, uh, what Wisconsin thinks at the end of this one, having played Taysom Hill. And I don't think that, that Wisconsin's schedule's been all that bang up. I mean, they opened with two uh, cupcakes. Tennessee Tech. And UMass. And UMass, yeah. uh, Purdue's not a good Big Ten team. Northwestern's North North own 5 in the Big Ten. Yeah. So, you know, those have been their home games, okay? And, and I tweet, tweeted this out, uh, out earlier in the week, and it's not a stretch. It's just a fact. Uh, BYU is the best team to play in Camp Randall since Ohio State uh, last November. Um, and this will be a really stern test uh, for the Badgers, like the likes they haven't, uh, to, they haven't had to this point in the season. Arizona State on the road uh, maybe most closely approximates what, B, what BYU might try to do in this game. And you still think that Wisconsin, you know, got really hard done by in that game. They had a chance to win that. They still had to kick the field goal. Uh, but they had they, they they were robbed of a chance to win that game, and so I think a lot of people, when they're ranking Wisconsin right now, they give them a win at Arizona State because I, I I've heard voters say, yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't look at that Arizona State game as a loss because they should have won it. So I think a lot of people think of Wisconsin as a one loss team right now. It's a lot of the reason that a lot of people have Wisconsin in the BCS right now is an at large. And Over Michigan State, yeah, there there are a lot of folks that like that like Wisconsin for an at large right now. So BYU could certainly wreck those plans entirely on Saturday. And we've talked about this. In order for them to get the at large, they need to climb up a little bit. They they need to win the game. If they lose to BYU, they're not well, in. No, they're done. They need to sweep November and do it impressively. The same thing for BYU. If they want to even get into the discussion, and I think it would really be just an interesting discussion. Uh, really, in in early December, we did that yesterday. Yeah, was how you, does BYU get in the top fourteen? You, you sweep November. And you don't just sweep November. You 
go on ESPN Saturday afternoon and roll Wisconsin or beat them convincingly um, or, or have command of the game. And then you, of course, beat Idaho State 70-6 to six or whatever it's going to be or could be that high. And then, and then you go to Notre Dame. Now you're playing on NBC. Then you roll Notre Dame or win that game convincingly or have that game in command. Then you finish off the season by going to Nevada, a place that BYU lost a decade ago, and you win that game. Just don't game. fly there the day of. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this time around. So you, you've, you've got to just do special things every game that you play in November just to be on the periphery of the discussion. But it would be an interesting discussion if you had a BYU team on a nine-game win streak with a guy in Taysom Hill who you'd have to think would have to have big games in November. Now saying, well, this is a special player and we'll be in the Heisman mix next year and you know, he's, you know, who, who does he most remind you of and he is, is he the next this or that? So if this discussion's all percolating and they are top 14, which is all they have to be, of course, can they move from 26 to 27 to 14 with, with four wins in November, including two against nationally ranked teams on the road in national platform situations? Conceivable. Just to get in that discussion. I'm not saying BYU's you know, going to make it in if they sweep November, but if they did, they'd be in the talk. They'd be saying, why not this team, especially if you compare them to others at that time, especially two loss teams. Now, a, a non-AQ with two losses has never been in the discussion, but a non-AQ has never had BYU's schedule. And that's that's the that the, is the that, key. that's the entire difference maker. Yep. No no non AQ has been able to go into November saying we're going to get Wisconsin on the road top twenty five. We're going to get Notre Dame on the road top twenty five. What do we do? Uh, all you're doing in November is finishing up against your conference foes, and these are lesser conferences. So by going independent, BYU's potentially in a discussion they could never be in in the Mountain West Conference with two losses. Yes, I love it. And year three of independence has yielded this schedule, which we knew would be. Doesn't have the tef- toughest opponents per se, but the number of tough opponents has been better. And I love it. BYU's relevant in November. And it also shows that, 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 that if they had one loss right now, they're already in the discussion. Yes. I mean, if they were a one-loss team today and they had a special November, well, then they're, they're in. I mean, if, if Northern Illinois got in, and I realize they were an AQ, quote-unquote, uh, with the criteria, BYU'd still have to be in at-large. But if you're going to, you know, if, if a one-loss Northern Illinois team was getting in last year, a one-loss BYU team with its schedule this year was definitely going to get in. That second loss at the time it seemed to take you out of everything. You know, until they got on this roll. And now you start wondering, okay, if, you know, depending on what other teams do around the country, could they be talked about? And I think that's a guarantee that they'll be talked about, but it all comes down to winning on Saturday at Madison. And it's interesting because uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin are both like BYU. Um, thinking, you know, what if we do, you know, what if we run November? I mean, Notre Dame's thinking BCS and Wisconsin's thinking BCS. And BYU's thinking wrecking those BCS dreams and getting into the conversation with a, with a run in November. So I think these, these are just great games to play at this time of the year. Are you entertained? Do you not want to watch this football game? BYU and Wisconsin, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain. You can listen to Greg pregame on BYU Radio starting at 11.30 a.m. Mountain, 1.30 Eastern. Again, that is live from Camp Randall, assuming he gets to that flight and gets to Madison and Camp Randall. We'll say our prayers for you, Greg, so you do make it on time. I do appreciate that. Do you need a phone call Saturday at like 4 a.m. or something? <laughs> no, i have sure. like about three alarms okay. set. Good, because uh, I didn't want to do that. I was just going to say set a three alarm. No, it's, it's nice of you to uh, you know even even kind of hint at, at offering something So uh, in the way of kindness. We've talked a lot about BYU's tough schedule in November, but there, 
their wins are looking better and better. I mean, the, the win against Texas it, is huge, yeah. and then Houston even is like, wow, that that was, that was well, a good win. That's a potential BCS team. All you right. have to do is win their league, and they're going in. Um, and and you know, I, I wouldn't say that anybody that that it, out of that league looks unbeatable compared to what I've seen from Houston so far this season. It, it's so funny that that the teams they've you know in the past it was always you know who have you beaten the teams you've beaten aren't very good this year. The teams you've beaten are fine. It's the teams you lost to that are bad. That, that you got an <laughs> How issue did that with. Happen. I mean, I, I left Charlottesville thinking that, that that UVA would be lucky to get two ACC losses, and I think I reached with that one. They may not get any. That um, they have they have VMI and BYU are their two wins. I, I still, oh. in fact, I really shouldn't bring it up because it just gets me in a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, you lose to that Virginia team, and, and and I think a lot of people will have game game one forgiveness. I mean, same thing with Oregon State, Eastern Washington. You have those game ones that happen to a lot of teams. And you just have to forgive that game in a way. And then Utah is Utah, and it's a rivalry game. I think a lot of people are going to look at BYU's schedule and say, and then you know Utah beat Stanford. And so even with the two losses, there's just enough wiggle room for, for observers to say, but yeah, since. And then the teams they've beaten, what have they done? And every win BYU's picked up looks better and better, like you said. All right, wrapping up with Greg Rebell, the radio voice of the BYU Cougars. And Greg... For me, it comes down to two really important factors uh, as I look at BYU and their chances against Wisconsin. One, the Cougars, because they move so fast and Wisconsin is so slow tempo, three and outs are going to be a killer. So BYU needs to get first downs. And then I'm going to ask you the poll question after you address that. The poll question today is where do you feel like BYU's biggest advantage is? And we asked, we gave four options. The passing game. The fact that they're coming off a bye week and they're rested against a banged-up Wisconsin team, the tempo or the Taysom? I'll go with Taysom on on that one. So I'll just answer that question. I think it's Taysom Hill. He would be the difference maker for me. And I'm going to say that uh, that that third downs are huge. Wisconsin's great on third down defense. BYU's not been good. They've had one fifty percent game all season. It, it, it remains the missing piece of the mm-hmm. offensive puzzle. So many things are going well, but that number's too low for this team to be considered to be running at optimal success right now. They've got to fix that. It's a tough team to fix it against. And then it's red zone slash blue zone. Wisconsin allows fewer touchdowns by percentage than any other team in football inside the 20- Iowa last week had great field position in the fourth, in the first quarter. They were on Wisconsin side of the field, I think, three times to start in the first quarter. They got one field goal out of those possessions. They're a great red zone or blue zone defensive team, and BYU's had the struggles, as we know. BYU's 107th, I believe, in touchdown percentage, and Wisconsin's first in touchdown percentage defense in, in, in the red zone slash blue zone. So what you do when you get in scoring position, and can you stay on the field and avoid those three and outs, um, to me, are the biggest factors. And then, of course, Taysom, in your answer to your question, I think that's what he has. Uh, they've not seen yet, and I hope he has a huge game. Greg Rebell, give him a listen. 11.30 a.m. Eastern or Mountain Time on BYU Radio is when the pregame coverage starts. 1.30 Eastern Time. Greg, thanks so much for the time. And I'm pumped for basketball tomorrow night. You just talked yeah. to Randy Ray, BYU-Weber State. Uh, fans show up if you're in town for the season opener. It's a big deal. they got to get off on the right foot, and I'm looking forward to that one, too. All right. Greg Rebell in with BYU Sports Nation in studio. Up thanks, next, guys. It is Know the Foe. Random facts of awesomeness about Wisconsin. Jeremy and I quiz each other. Plus, who in the world gives away free bacon at a basketball contest? We'll discuss that next on BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill, thank you very much. Taters. Quarterback of BYU. Taters, haters, gone quiet. Now that BYU has won five straight. 
Fear the Potato Gun, people. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We continue on with the Wisconsin preview. But first, how about this? How about this, Jerem? At Darren Rovell yesterday on Twitter says, Kansas State has ordered at least 75 pounds of thick-cut bacon to give away to students at this Friday's women's basketball game. Each student attending this Friday's game will get what the school is referring to as a, quote, boat of bacon. Okay, it was <laughs> 75, quote. then it went viral, and it, they ordered 300 <laughs> pounds. Do you, not that it matters, but do you know who they're playing for this? Tennessee State! <laughs> If you show, how do we get to Manhattan, Kansas? Selling out the Little Apple for I want Tennessee State, Kansas State women's basketball, and it would be worth it, dude. Show it like it's cooked and ready to go. It's not like, hey, here's a bunch of slabs you have to go home and cook. <laughs> like bacon. If the Marriott Center or Lavelle Edwards had bacon, I would buy it. Oh, oh what'd you get? Uh, I got a hot dog and uh, some bacon and some popcorn and a cougar tail. Wow. You got to hand it to that promotions team right there. That's great. Who thought of that? That's brilliant. That really is. Let's give away bacon. What Tomorrow's, uh, poll, okay. tomorrow's poll question. What's better, bacon or cheese? Ooh. Given the BYU's going to play at Wisconsin. Yeah, that's not going to be our poll question. <laughs> okay. We got you covered for BYU at Wisconsin Saturday afternoon. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starting at 1.30 Eastern Time. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV if you prefer the moving pictures. 2.30 Eastern. The yeah, game watch that one. on BYU Radio and ESPN. The mothership. Both BYU Radio and BYU TV have extensive live post-game coverage. Still can't get over the bacon. This is fantastic. Mm. Also... Why not eat some bacon while you watch a ginormous night of college football? Two games. Tonight's going to be so awesome. Featuring two top ten showdowns. Normally we'd call it a good weekend. A couple of games you know, of this caliber on a Saturday. But they're both happening on Thursday. When has that ever, has that ever happened? Two Probably top not. ten showdowns on a Thursday? No, I, I would venture that that's never happened. Oklahoma at Baylor and Oregon at Stanford. Now... BYU Sports Nation should be interested in both of these games, and here's why. It could affect BYU's potential November to remember and them getting into the top 14 discussion. Getting we, into the yep, conversation. We, ju- we just talked to Greg Rebell, and you know it, it would be fun, a lot of fun, if BYU was even close, if they're even into the conversation. And, and so tonight, BYU Sports Nation, you want Baylor to win because they take on an Oklahoma team that already has one loss to Texas. So if Oklahoma has two losses, including one to Texas, which BYU dominated, well, guess what? That helps. Then BYU's kind of all of a sudden in the same area as Oklahoma. Then Oregon at Stanford. Okay, You want Oregon to win and remain undefeated because if Stanford wins, then Stanford now becomes a team that could steal another spot in that BCS formula in 2013. They're going to get in. Like the, I, I think Oregon and Stanford are going to play in BCS games regardless of the result tonight. It's just whether Oregon's in the national title game. You feel like a two-loss Stanford team gets into the BCS Ooh. with a loss? Oh, oh to, you're right. You're right. With a loss to Utah, you're right. They're probably they're probably out. They're probably barely out. They're one of the few that are on the outside. You're right. It's, Tran- ju- it's just Oregon. Yeah. Translation: You want Baylor and Oregon to win tonight to increase the Cougars being in the conversation. Okay, our tweeter, our our tweeter. Uh, that's what Bronco Mandel called it. Our Twitter question today, again, we cont- we ask you to send those into at BYU Sports Nation. What's BYU's biggest advantage against Wisconsin? Right now, it's time for random facts of awesomeness between BYU and Wisconsin. 
BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Can we crank that music up just a little bit louder? <laughs> Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. It is, it's like a trivia game, my friend. How much do you know about Wisconsin right now? And I'm, I'm going to give you the first question right now. True or false? The University of Wisconsin-Madison has been called one of the public Ivies, meaning Ivy League. Just because that's so random, I'm going to say true. True. What is Wisconsin? I start with the easy ones. Wisconsin's mascot name. The name? Yes. Would you like the nickname or the official name? Both. Bucky's the nickname. Buckingham U. Badger is the official name. Are you serious? Yeah. Buckingham U. Badger? You just brought Bucky? Dude, you got to ramp this up, man. It's Bucky the Badger. Okay, true or false, Jerem? The University of Wisconsin and their football program is owned by stockholders. Ooh. Uh, I'll go false. <laughs> that is false. You know why I asked that? Why? Because the Green Bay Packers are, are owned yes. by stockholders. The, the, the number one love in Wisconsin, followed by the Badgers. What is the fifth quarter? Is it overtime? Is it Wisconsin's post-game band performance? Is it a popular bar on campus? Is it nothing? I just made it up. Or is it rid- a ridiculous notion since a quarter implies fourths? Now, the easy answer here would be it's it's the bar, but I'm going to say it's the Wisconsin band performing on the field. And you know why it I is. know that? It is. Because my good friend Jerry Steffen, who is a meteorologist and Wisconsin native, he's currently in Palm Springs. We went to the Rose Bowl on January 1, and he said, even though we lost, we should stick around for the fifth quarter. And I asked oh. him about that. It's so the I, fifth yes, quarter. Yes, I yep. know that. I have witnessed the fifth quarter after the Rose Bowl. There's no such thing. Whatever. It's, the game's over. Whatever. Okay. Jerem Jordan. True or false? Wisconsin is named the Badger State. Oh, this is so simple. I'm going to feel stupid if I miss it. I'm going to go false. It's true. Oh, (laughs) dang it. I should have known that. Okay, what are the colors? There are two colors. What are they? I'm going to go with cardinal and white. Oh, man. Yes. You're welcome. I'm getting worked on this one. You're welcome. Uh, I'm all out, my friend. Actually, no, I have one more. I have one more. Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, has over 20 varsity programs in the university. True. That is true. They have 23. Okay, Okay, now I'm done. My last one. Name the band and song name that is played after the third quarter in the stadium at at Camp Randall that's famous. House of Pain. And the name of the song? Jump. Jump around. Jump around. (laughs) Jump, jump, jump. I wish so much I could witness it in person. I wish it was crisscross. Uh, you know, the 90s, the two twins. I wish it was that instead. BYU needs to bring that in. Cosmo the Cougar and Bucky the Badger will be on display on ESPN Saturday afternoon from Camp Randall. We learned from Greg Rebell that Camp Randall has Civil War ties, and that's why it's called Camp Randall. I love that. Coming up next on BYU Sports Nation, she is the reason BYU has five straight shutouts. Well, a large reason. The West Coast Conference Player of the Month in Women's Soccer. That's next on BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Thursday, holler. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. The Cougars open the regular season with Weber State tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's basketball. The Cougars season opener 
also tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern Time against South Dakota State on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's Volleyball. Tonight, the 21st-ranked Cougars play at San Francisco. BYU has five matches left in the regular season. First and has place. a one-game lead. That's right, atop the WCC standings. Soccer. Tonight, the women's soccer team hosting Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU finishing the regular season Saturday at home against St. Mary's on Senior Day. The NCAA Tournament Selection Show slated for Monday, 4.30 Eastern on NCAA.com. The Cougars up to number 19 in this week's Top 25, and it's time to bring in the last and greatest, well, at least in terms of soccer goalies in America right now and in the West Coast Conference, Erica Owens joining the program. Erica, five straight shutouts. What's going on with that Cougar defense, my friend? Uh, We have just figured things out. I think that um, at the beginning of the season, we struggled a little bit, mostly with our communication. But as soon as we started working together as a defense, um, we've been doing very well. We've been very solid this season. Five-game win streak, uh, two games left in the regular season. What do you need to do to uh, finish strong and get a high seed in the NCAA tournament? I think we need to do exactly what we've been doing the poll um, the past couple of weeks, which is very high pressure, as our team is known for, um, as well as just keep the zero on the board defensively. I think that's very important to help us do well the rest of the season. Erica, you and I have talked about this a little bit. When I watch goalies play and they make an incredible save or or, or the defense breaks down and they have to make up, they, they get up and they got that fiery look in their face and, and they're all angry and they're screaming at their defenders. But you, you carry a smile on your face. What's, what's the mentality that you carry in these games after you make a big save like that? And how do you carry a smile on your face? Um, honestly, anytime I make a big save, I think I'm very fortunate to have made that save. And so I get up <laughs> kind of happy that we've escaped, we've escaped on skates. Um, I'm also very pleased. Um, that I've been able to play well for my teammates as well because they do that for me every game, so it makes me happy when I can do that for them. BYU women's soccer goalie Erica Owens joins BYU Sports Nation. Last question. When the ball's at the other end, what do you do to keep yourself entertained? Oh, well, I have the privilege of having a lot of freshman boys behind me. <laughs> They're asking and, you out all the time. You mentioned I mean, that in the Y Awards last year. Sorry, what was that? You mentioned uh, they ask you out all the time during the game, during the Y Awards last year. That keeps me plenty entertained. I could do that all day long. <laughs> now the real, I, I have to ask another one. I know that was the last question, but this this d- demands a follow up, and that is: Have you ever said yes to one of those dates? Oh, do we lose her? We lost Erica. I'm going to ask her about that tonight on BYU TV Live Pacific BYU kicking off seven p.m. Mountain, yes. nine p.m. Eastern. She hung up. She didn't want to answer that question. <laughs> Uh, I didn't hear you. We It broke up. Oh, sorry. It, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have a game tonight. Bye. Yeah, we're definitely going to have that conversation, and I will report tomorrow. I will report tomorrow. Tomorrow on the show, ESPN College Football Analyst Rod Gilmore. He'll be the analyst on the BYU-Wisconsin game. He'll join us live, as well as Matt LaPay, the Wisconsin radio play-by-play, and Lexi Eaton of the women's basketball team. Sharpshooter returning from an ACL injury. Uh, if you haven't, man, I'm telling you what, she is she's worth watching play. She's, she's got gonna, game. She can seriously shoot the rock. She's one of those players that steps off the bus and she's in range. It, it's fantastic. BYU, South Dakota State women's basketball tomorrow, 3 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Followed up four hours later by the men's tip-off against Weber State. Our rise and shout today, KBN. Kyle Van Noy, one of ten finalists for the Senior Class Award. And we move now I to trust our, that dude. 
Oh, yeah. You, you should trust that dude. That guy can play. Final poll results on BYUtvsports.com. What is BYU's biggest advantage against Wisconsin? The winner is the Taysom at 53%. What is BYU's biggest advantage against Wisconsin? Jerem. Do you? I mean, you said the poll of a result, but do you still feel like it is the Taysom? Yes, he's that. He's a big enough playmaker. Okay, well, he he leads the passing game, so it's kind of two for me: the passing game, but it's led by Taysom Hill. So there you go. Big thanks to our guests today: Randy Ray, Greg Rebell, Erica Owens, and everyone on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. I still want to know if Erica Owens has said yes to one of those freshmen. We'll, that, ne- we'll never know. That is fantastic. Again, huge shout-out to all of our guests today. Great stuff. Check out new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links. Like and comment. Tell us what you think about it. And you can also listen to episodes of the show on the newly launched BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. <laughs>